Hey, Parkway Podcast listeners, thanks so much for joining us on this Thursday. I pray that you have had a productive week. And as we head into the weekend, that God graces you with his goodness and just allows the weekend coming up to look exactly as he would like it to look for his glory and for your good. I'm so honored to be here today with Pastor Jeff Ralston, and I appreciate his leadership. And we're going to dive in just really talking a little land yap, as the Louisianans say, a little something extra uh, about the goodness of God, the Word of God. And this is not a scripted conversation, but if you would take a few moments to listen, I believe through our conversation, you'll glean some wonderful nuggets of truth and uh, inspirational thoughts that will not only bless you, but quite possibly could change the trajectory of your life forever. Thank you so much for joining us, and let's just dive right in. Now, before we started this podcast, you and I were just talking, just having an awesome conversation, really about how God established you in Lake Charles, Louisiana, and I'm so thankful that God has connected us, Um, and I may tell listeners in just a little bit of how God connected us, but could you pick up, you were talking about Jacob and uh, what made him special, and then quite possibly how that connects with our life and what God can do with a man like Jacob uh, to further his kingdom. Sure. The the attitude, and we were talking about God's blessings and God's favor, and, you know, the requirement of being a pastor and how we have to make so many decisions. We're living in a in a world where we're trying to do our best to remain spiritually minded. We yes. want God's favor. And at the same time, we truly need favor with men. Mm-hmm. You know, as a pastor in a community, you want people to be attracted to you as a person. You want there to be something about you that they find favorable or, or they certainly uh, are appealed to. And we need for God to give us a fresh word, a fresh understanding. Mm-hmm. So we need that favor with right. both God and man. And that's what we were talking about. We were talking about Jacob. And I was discussing this a while back with uh, a dear friend of mine, as a matter of fact, on the drive up. And we were talking about how that the progression went from Abraham, a man of faith, to his son, Jacob, who was a man of fear. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, his son, Abraham's grandson, was a man of flesh. So you have the promise given to Abraham, but it wasn't just given to Abraham. The promise had to move from one generation to the next. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Right? So for the promise to be fulfilled in that from Abraham's seed, a nation would be begotten. And, of course, that was Israel. That promise had to move from a man of faith to a man of fear. Okay. So Abraham was a man of just triumph, a man of victory. But his son, Isaac, was a man of fear. How do we know that? Well, later in life, Jacob would swear by his father's fear. He would swear to take care of Laban's, his father-in-law's daughters that were his wives, Mm -hmm. based upon the fear of his father. It's an incredible moment. Well, how is is that related to to us? Well, not all Christians have that depth of faith. Some Christians have, by nature, a more fearful component to their their walk with God. By that I mean, well, I, I trust God but I'm also going to serve him because I don't want bad things to happen, right? Well, that's not a, the way you should live for God, exactly. but it's the way a lot of people do live for God, 
right? But I find in my journey, more people have that fleshly nature. Yeah. They're born a conniver. Right? I got Jacob in me. I've got some Jacob. I got some Jacob in me. And so here's the way it lays out in my estimation. And I know we're having a discussion here, but I want to convince you of this, and then you can share with me your thoughts because I, I love this. But Jacob had rightfully purchased his brother's birthright. It was for a bowl of beans, but he, he bought it fair and square. He surely did. Right? Well, that's the covenant, and God gave him that covenant. We know that the ladder touched the earth and angels ascending and descending, and he said, as I promised to be with your grandfather and your father, I'm going to be with you. That was his Pentecost. Yes. Right? That was God coming down. So now he's got covenant. He's got experience. Right. And experience with God at Bethel, right? That's right. He woke up and said, surely this is the house of God. This place is terrible. Anointed it and yes. made a covenant with God. Yes. Right? And then he is blessed. We see where he's got two wives sons, but as he's making his way back to face his brother, he realizes that although, although he has a covenant with God, although he's blessed, mm. and although he's got an experience, right. he's still Jacob. That's right. Right? Now I, can, I, I want to be as bold as I can be and say this, and it may be in some people's mind controversial, but I believe in the power of Pentecost. Sure. But I believe that even though you have an experience of Pentecost, you still have to have transformation that's daily. I, I believe that. You 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 gotta let me put it to you this way. I need to be saved every day. Every day <laughs> I need God. I have to die daily. Yes. Right. And so he realizes I'm still a conniver. I got experience, I got covenant, I know my doctrine, I know who I am, and I'm blessed. Yeah. But I need transformation on the inside. That's right. And in order for him to do that, he grabbed hold of what some would call the pre-incarnated Christ yep. and wrestled with him. And he wrestled with him and that he, pre he prevailed. He did. But what happened as he as he wrestled? The angel reached down and smote him in his thigh. Well, you think about this, okay? How many people in your experience come to God because they have a need? Mm. Right? Yeah. Okay. You know what he didn't do when he wrestled with that angel and the angel smote him? He didn't say, now look, if you'll heal that, I'm okay. If, you, if you'll take care of that infirmity, then we won't worry about what I originally wanted to work out. That is so good. I've never thought about no, that. No, no, no. He said, I'm okay with that, but I got to have something change on the inside. Change me. You see? God, change i got to have change on the inside. Yes. He didn't want God for what he could give him. Mm. He already knew what God could do for him. Yes, sir. He was in covenant. Yes, He sir. had experience. <laughs> he was already blessed. That's so He good. had wives and children he sent over the Ford Jabbok. But he said, I need to be changed. And that's where God said to him, okay, as of now, you're no longer conniver, but you're now a prince with God. Mm. And here's the favor. You have favor with God and man. Israel. That is beautiful. So let me ask you this. Um, 
How has God demonstrated to you that favor with God and man as you have been pastoring? So you were telling me that you became pastor at, was it 28 uh, well, years we of were, age? We were voted in at, at 28. We, we stepped in and became pastor at 29. Okay. Right? And what a transition. Okay? But the truth is we learned how to lean on God prior to those years. And, and this is what I tell people. You know, a revelation of the name of Jesus Christ is one of the greatest revelations you'll ever get. I mean, yes, sir. thank God for that, you know? But I know and you know that a revelation of finances yes, sir. is just as important. I believe that. When, when you truly believe and learn that God will take care of you, mm. you know? Yep. And, and I had to learn that while evangelizing before I ever became a pastor. Right. Me and Shelly were traveling full-time, and we, we were very difficultly challenged financially. I mean, it, it, it was a struggle, but we were so determined, and God put the right people in our lives. That first revival, I'll never forget it. It was for Brother Wilbanks. God blessed us in Alabama. We received that first check, okay? I'd never had that much money in my life. We had the first check. We had enough money to pay our truck note, our trailer note, and all of our bills. Wow, thank And we God. had $500 left over. Let me tell you, I was stunned at the grace of God. Good gracious. We took that $500, we put it in a book. I'll never forget this, and put it in our trailer, right? And yeah. we were like walking on water, partner. I mean, we were... We were so confident that we were in the will of God. I mean, we were, we were, I mean, we were out of our minds with joy because we had struggled so much. Mm. Well, that, that next Sunday, Sister Wilbanks gets up. God bless her. And in 25 years of being there, she said, I have never done this, but I feel compelled to take an offering. And she started talking about this orphanage. And the more she talked, the more I knew. Oh, God. Oh, my God. He was pulling. Well, I'm telling you, I wouldn't even look. I was sitting on the platform. I wouldn't even look down at my wife. And finally, I looked down at her, and she was looking right at me. And <laughs> both of us knew. <laughs> and I just, I just did that right there. That meant, go get the money. It's God. Uh. It's God. We gave it that night. Well, let me tell you, and it's hard for me to speak this without just breaking, because I'm going to tell you, it's a revelation. From that moment on, it's impossible to tell you how many times someone would shake my hand and put money in my hand, and that money would be necessary for something that was going to be required next yes. week. Yes. Refrigerator would go out in our trailer. Someone would give us money. And we're traveling, so it's a travel trailer. Yeah. Air conditioner would go out, blow out tires. Jason, it's impossible to tell you. We wow. were in Springfield, Missouri, preaching for a brother, Carlton Kuhn. What a man of God. And we were there, and we pulled in, and I got out and, and slid a piece of cardboard under the front of the truck because that old truck was leaking oil. Unhooked the trailer, went back, parked the truck, slid it under, uh, slid that cardboard under, went inside. Hey, we were blessed, but we were struggling. Mm. But God was giving us finances and, and went in and said, hey, Brother Coon, we're here. You know, what do we need to do? You know, give it. And they, they gave us a little packet and, 
and we sat down with them and was sharing. And they said, when I first went in, they said, now, Brother Ross, we need your keys to your truck because it's parked in the wrong spot. Handed them my keys. We just got there. Yeah. Right? They took our truck and went. And a guy in the church had our truck and put new seals in it, pulled the motor out, rebuilt the thing, put it back in, had it ready for us to pick up the very next day. Wow. Okay? That is awesome. We Listen to me. We gave $500, and I have reaped a lifetime of blessings. God, I mean, from that moment on, I never lacked, right? I mean, Thank you, God. I'm a part of a church now. God has given us the means that, that you, we can God. provide for families, and I have an incredible staff, and, and we use that money for God's glory. We have missions. We, we, we're, we're so blessed. But let me tell you, when you learn to give in a sacrificial way. Yes, sir. Yes, okay? sir. Now, can I add one more element to Please. it? Please. So this might sound petty, okay? But we was in New Orleans. And before we started evangelizing, my in-laws were so kind. And they said, now, look, we're going to buy you anything you want. What do you want? And I said, you know, I'd love to have a pair of golf clubs. And they said, well, there's a place that you can get golf clubs right down the road. Well, I went down. Well, it was a little shop there in Derby, and they made custom golf clubs. Okay. And the guy said, hey, we'll measure, and you make you a set, and it, 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 it'll be nice. It'll, you know, you're taller. I said, okay. And he said, oh, it, it won't cost a whole lot of money, I promise you. I told him who I was, you know, and they did it, and they bought me those clubs. It was incredible, okay? We end up in New Orleans, and... We're there. Now, this is after Abigail is born. And we have a bunch of stuff that we set outside the trailer. Mm -hmm. well, but we're in downtown New Orleans. I mean, at Brother Cupid's Church. Yeah. We're right off Canal. Okay? Wow. We can hear guns going off in the night. Ka, 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 ka. I mean, we're in, I mean, it's, we're down there in the devil's house. My goodness. But we're praying for a move of God. Yes. I mean, every day I would step out of our trailer and on our steps would be, uh, some some bones, some kind of little relics, and a little bit of blood. They were Voodoo. trying. They, yeah, they were trying to cur they, every night. It was war, spiritual war. So we were we were in New Orleans, in this war zone, and we had set some stuff out. A little toolkit, a little barbecue pit, and some bicycles. Both they stole them the first night. Now we're having a move of God, right? Brother Cupid has to hire security to watch every night during church because they're breaking into cars. But the but but God is moving. You know, mm. people are coming. So while we're there, our our truck, I, I wrecked my truck and just bent the back bumper. But I take it in, drop it off. Brother Cupid said, "Drive the church van." So we're driving the church van. Well, I'm thinking, I, t I tell Shelly, right? It's Thursday morning. I said, Shelly, I'm gonna go play. I'm gonna go play some golf. I said, I'm not going to go play golf. I'm just going to hit some golf balls. So that morning, I get up early, take my clubs out of the trailer, put them in the church van, right? Well, I'm getting ready to head out, and Brother Cupid calls me and says, look, I need to run the hospital. I'd love for you to go with me. I said, absolutely. So I tell Shelly, look, here's the, the, the church van keys. Do what you need to do today. I'm not going to worry about it. I forget to take my clubs out of the church van, right? So we're out doing what we're supposed to do, and we come back that afternoon. It, it, it's late, and I got to get ready for church because we're having church every night. Sure. I got to get ready for church. So 
I focus on it, go over and pray. I forget all about those clubs. We go in, we have church. We come out. And I see the light on in the van. And I know. When I see that light on, I know the door has been left open. And they stole my golf clubs. I ran over there, I looked. Sure enough, I shut the van. We went out and eat with the, the pastor and all. We come back and... And, and we go inside the trailer, and I, I just tell the Lord, I said, God, this city is not going to beat me. I'm going to have a move of God, but I'm going to tell you, God, that hurt. Yeah. You know? It hurt that we lost our bicycles. Sure. It hurt. Sure. But, but I said, God, I'm never going to be able to afford, you know, I'm, poverty in my mind, you know. Yeah. I'm never going to be able to afford a pair of golf clubs like that again, custom made, you know. Now, they, they weren't but like $700, but to me, that's a lot of money. Man, $700 is that's a lot, lot of money. money. And, I, and I'm just pouting. I'm pouting. And I said, now, God, you take anything I got. It's yours. Take. But I'm telling you, Lord, here's what I'm asking. I'm asking you to give me a breakthrough. Okay? Whatever I got, you take it. But, Lord, let a blessing spiritually come from what I give up physically. Right? Well, that night, we're in our trailer, and it was a, a, a three-deck trailer. Our bed was up here. We had a bathroom. And then we had a, a, a kitchen living area. 40 foot long trailer was a monster. We're in, we're in bed that night about 12 o'clock. I hear somebody outside. Son, that's them. I don't have a whole lot left to steal, but my God. I mean, I get up, I run down that first bathroom landing into the living area. And then I'm thinking, it's New Orleans. They got guns. Yeah, I hit the deck. I'm laying on the floor. I'm thinking, man, what are you doing? Because at the whole time I'm yelling, hey, what are you doing out there? I hit the deck. So I just stay on the floor for four or five minutes. I slowly turn the light on out there and open the door. There's my golf clubs. Not one club is missing. Oh, my goodness. Not a ball is missing. Nothing is. They brought them back. And God, put them right there. It's like God dealt with them. It's like God dealt with them, but he also humbled me. God. He said, I want you to want a move of my spirit more than you want anything yes, else. Yes, God. Yes. You know? I mean, so it, it's just I've had a lifetime of these kinds of revelation, these kinds of experiences, these kinds of blessings. We were in Thibodeau, Louisiana. And Brother Malonesone, this, this is back when Bishop Ronnie Malonesone was pastoring. And a shout-out to my good friend Josh, who's yes. there now. I love Josh, doing awesome work, him and his amazing wife. Bishop Malonesone is a man of faith. Yes, sir. We got there. God's been blessing us, but we'd been attacked in, in Jelly's health. She has asthma, and we had no insurance. And so we just we're just having these asthmatic attacks. Well... By this time, I've got four or five different hospital bills I'm paying. Mm. And I've been wrestling with God, saying, Now, God, we have no insurance. If she has an attack, i got to take her to the emergency room. Well, they bill you. You don't have a way to pay it. So I'm setting up payments, and I'm paying these different emergency rooms. And I've been fasting and asking God. And, and God said, I'll tell you what I want you to do. Give me five hours of praise for five days, five for five. So in the morning, I'd go over 
and I'd be in, it was the music room in the back of that church, and I'd be in there from 5 o'clock that morning to 10 o'clock. And I'm going to tell you, I brought my Bible, and I went to intercede, and when I would set the Bible down to intercede, I'd start praising. For five hours, I would praise him. I couldn't stop. I would praise him. I'd praise him. I couldn't ask for anything. He wouldn't let me. He would. When I think about it now, it makes me want to do it again. I know. It. I mean, look, and the next day I'd go in, and it's like the five hours just went by. And look, I would praise him starting in creation. I'd praise him for all five days of creation. I mean, it was just, it was just a joy. Yeah. Right? On the fifth day, he gave me 10 titles to 10 sermons. All right? And those 10 sermons gave me my breakthrough. Those are the 10 sermons I preached for you, Daddy. Wow. Okay? Now, while we're there, though, I'm praying about this health issue. And <laughs> so one night, Sunday night after church, everyone's left. We're turning the lights off. We're talking about where we want to go eat. Brother Malone turns to my wife, and he says, Enough. Thus saith the Lord, you're healed. He lays hands on her and prays. And it was just like that. Look, we didn't even talk in tongues. <laughs> it was not like, it was just like, that's it, in Jesus' name. From this day, from this day, 20 years later, she's never been in the emergency room with an asthmatic attack. God, that is so beautiful. Right? That is so powerful. I know the miracles of God. I know the miracles of God. It don't even get me started on soul winning. Look, when you get in the harvest, God bless. Because all of this was premised on one thing, winning souls. Yeah. Winning souls. I mean, it was all about winning one more soul. That is beautiful. But, but in this, God taught me all about faith. He gave me a revelation of faith and, and gave me a sense of his purpose and his plan for our lives and our belief. These stories are so beautiful because God is teaching you and us and various ones, how to walk by faith and how to how to trust him. And it is just amazing. I can almost sense that eternity is going to be filled. Heaven will be filled with moments like this. Hey, tell me your stories. That's right. Tell me what God did for That's you. Because right. well, you it makes me want to just like praise for five <laughs> oh, hours. It, 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 isn't it the personal though? Yes, it's so personal. I mean, that's what I love about the Old Testament. Yeah. Every one of these individuals were real people. Real people. And their stories are alive, and they're raw, and they're true, and they're rich. It's you incredible. know, I've often, I love the story, although it, it's, it was awkward for me for a while when the prophet came to the woman at Zarephath, and he said, what are you doing? She said, I'm gathering sticks, <laughs> and I'm going to make a cake, and we're going to die. <laughs> it, I mean, we're just going to die. That's it. He said, oh, look, while you're going... Make me a cake first. I mean, okay, so I've always, as a preacher, oh. always felt um, sensitive Ooh. to people. I don't ever want to demand or ask or I don't want to ever seem imposing upon people. But he imposed upon her. That is a prophet. I, yes. That's the voice of a prophet. Absolutely. Right? Make me a cake first. Make me a cake first. Now, this is the same guy that told Ahab, it's not going to rain until I give utterance otherwise. Yes. <laughs> 
And so not only did she obey, but then the beautiful thing is that God sustained. I've heard it preached and help, help either fortify or correct this, <laughs> but it wasn't as though God filled up the jar full, but just the measure of oil, it just stayed there. Every time she'd go to pour out, it would always just be the same. Well, it wouldn't surprise <laughs> me because God does renew every day. He does for right? us. Yes. And faith is required every day. That's a truth. That's right. So why not have that beautiful combination? Absolutely. You know, the, the, the wonderful thing about it is, though, it was generational. Yeah. Right? When, when he asked that of her, he also asked that of her son. Yes. You know? And, and in that moment, she said, yes, she saved her son oh, and not just beautiful. herself. That's so beautiful. Right? God, that's awesome. You know? I mean, it's just, it's just a, a, a token, though. Yeah. And there's this, the Old Testament, I love to preach it and make it relevant. Yeah. Because it's like in the case of David. You know, God doesn't hide from us David's fault. No. <laughs> you know, these people were real. Real people. You know, Abraham in Hebrews chapter 11 is a man of faith. But if you go back to Genesis, he stumbled. Uh, he did. He struggled. Absolutely. And, but, but, but it's awesome to look at it and go, okay, if we'll just stay the course. Stay the course. Our Old Testament struggle will become our New Testament victory. <laughs> God, that'll preach. I know. <laughs> that'll preach. Oh, my Lord. So I've got a beautiful, uh, I guess, uh, just God dealing with me. Whenever in 2013, so I was going to be getting married to Christine in August. And so I wanted to have a great vehicle to travel in. So I was in a Honda Accord. I didn't want to be in that car. It would be a little confined. So I was going to trade it in. So as I'm coming back into Jackson, I'm pro I think I was coming back from Washington, the state of Washington. Called my dad and said, hey, dad, this is my plans and my intentions. I plan to get a Chevrolet Tahoe. He said, what are you going to do with your car? I said, well, you know, I'll trade it in, sell it, do something. He said, well, look, I want you to consider there's an evangelist, uh, Old Brother Hooker was his name, from the East Coast, and he, his car just died. He said, I, I'd like for you to consider either, you know, selling it to him at a reasonable price or he said, you may want to give it to him. I said, dad, no questions asked. I said, I'd love to do that. I'll give him my vehicle. Wow. And so I remember pulling up on this, I want to say um, maybe an overcast day, kind of in my mind. But I brought him out. I said, hey, Brother Hooker, I want you to come look at something. So he comes out. I said, hey, I want you to look at my car. And I said, sit in. It's a Honda Accord, 145,000 miles, which is really no miles for a Honda Accord. I said, man, you like my car? He said, oh, man, I like your car, man. It's really nice. And, and I said, um, man, it's got 145,000 miles. I just was kind of praising my car, so to speak. Yeah. I'm sure he's wondering, you know, yeah. man, what yeah. are you doing? Yeah. I said, hey, do you happen to have a, a dollar? He said, well, well yeah. I said, would, would you give me a dollar? He said, well, yeah, okay, yeah. He pulled it out, a little hesitancy, but he pulled it out, gave it to me. I said, sir, and as his hand reached mine, I believe this is how it happened. I said, sir, for this dollar. I'd like to give you my car. And man, tears just poured out his face. He said, you mean it? I said, I really mean it. I want you to have this car. Oh, man. Oh. I'm telling you, it was so awesome to be a blessing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, the, the, the wonder of that is your sacrifice because someone else's answer to prayer. Amen. And someone else's sacrifice answers your prayer. So moving forward from that moment, my wife and I, we have had, I want to say, three different vehicles given to us. 
It's like when I sowed that action See? of giving my vehicle, it okay. set into motion. The spirit of the prophetic is on us now. Yes, God. God is saying to somebody, hey, release your finances and yes, believe. God. There's there's power in giving your 10% to God. We know that. But this is different here. This is you opening your heart and saying to God, okay, I've got something now that, that I really don't need, that I could give, that I could yield. And guess what? It's an answer to someone's prayer right now. Absolutely. So I would encourage your viewers and those that are listening now, I'd yes. encourage them, welcome this into your life. Here's the thing. Think about how you can embrace the spirit of sacrifice. Right, God. That is so, I, I'm, I am with you, Brother Alston. I'm encouraging everybody listening to this to please consider and pray. Say, God, talk to me, God. What do you want me to give, God, above and beyond my 10%, above and beyond offerings? What is it that you're asking me to give? And I believe God will will talk to us and oh. tell us what to do. I, I got to tell you this. So really a cool story um, so it, I'd given the vehicle and time rocks on and, um, we're married. Christine is needing a new vehicle. And so we're, I'm thinking about having to purchase a vehicle, man. I'm thinking, God, vehicles are so expensive. And, um, so I, I just tell her one day, I said, let's give the, drop the kids off at mom's house and let's go look at vehicles. So we show up at a dealership, probably around the 10 o'clock mark that morning and kind of going to have a date day, but we're going to try out vehicles. Well, we show up to the, um, the, the Hyundai place. Well, the guy puts us in the most expensive vehicle he's got. He said, hey, look, he said, take this vehicle. Y'all go drive it. And well, we're thinking about, hey, drive this beautiful vehicle to go look at other vehicles. But it's close to lunchtime now. And so I said, man, we're, I'm hungry. You hungry? I'm hungry. So we go to Nukes right around the corner in Ridgeland, Mississippi. We pull up, order, and go outside. Talk about the steps of a good man. <laughs> or ordered by the Lord. We're sitting down, and there's a couple that I just get to noticing and overhear a little bit of their conversation. We finish up. They're still there, and their their son's there, David and Stacy Strain. And so I just happened to mention, I said, yeah, we're just uh, out, out vehicle shopping and stopped by to get some lunch. So we're fixing to go look at vehicles. And he looked at me and said, are, are you needing a vehicle? I said, uh, yes, sir. We, uh, my wife needs a vehicle. He said, um. I know this is going to sound strange, he said, but um, <laughs> he said a man that I'm in business with is looking for a really nice couple to give a vehicle to. I was like, um, wow. He said, Come um, on. He said uh, would, would you be open to accepting it? I said, absolutely. It was a, um, uh, a Cadillac Escalade <laughs> with only about 170-something thousand miles on it. God gave us a top-of-the-line vehicle from a man from California uh, who just needed a tax write-off. He just needed to give it charitable. I think the church gave him a charitable contribution, something like that. But here we are. And God just said, hey, you think you're going <laughs> shopping today. I'm going to give you a vehicle. Wow. It was amazing. Well, you know, the, the blessings of the Lord are rich. They are rich. And he does not add any sorrow. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. God, we are both, we are both, you know, and this is what's so awesome about this. We forget. Yes. I mean, the blessings that we just talked about now are in our DNA. They're in our life. But yes, we, sir. We, we look at the problem that's so current and we forget the that history. That is so true. 
I mean, I think that's what David said when he gave forth declaration. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. Never seen the righteous forsaken. Oh, Lord God. I, I wish, and this is what I live for. For those of you listening to this podcast, whenever I was growing up, um, I would absolutely, when we'd have preachers come over, I was supposed to be in bed, but I would never <laughs> want to go to bed. If dad was talking, yeah. I would hook my toes on the top stair step and I would lean down and essentially I would just support myself with my hands and I would just be listening. And then, you know, their voice would call up, Jason, are you in bed? Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> yeah. I'd jump in. Yeah, I'm in bed. <laughs> you better get to sleep, boy. You got school in the morning. But if anybody is listening and God has quickened your heart, I don't know what need there is. I don't, there's no specific need that is present in my mind Mm. that I would like for you to give to. So maybe just pray, say, God, how do you want me to sacrifice? How do you want me to give God? God, tell me what you want my life to look like financially. And who knows what God will do? God may, and here's the thing, God may actually challenge you to give because he wants to set in motion blessings beyond that, that he cannot set in motion until you respond to that initial challenge to sacrifice. That's right. You know, and sacrifice is is just that, it's sacrifice. Yes. Right? It's a matter of counting the cost and making sure that it does impact you, it does affect you. Um, and, And you're exactly right in this regard, Pastor. You know, people think, well, they just want us to send money to their church. Right. Right. Of course, we have programs sure. and ways of making sure that money that's given to missions is given to the message exactly. that needs to be presented. Right. That's what I love about our fellowship. Amen. We can send a missionary out there knowing yes. that wherever they are in the world, they're going to preach what is true absolutely. to the doctrine. And that's, to me, really important. So absolutely give to missions. Yes. But another factor is if you'll look up and look around you, there are potential giving circumstances all around you. That's right. That will reshape your life. I believe that. You know, just look at people that you come into contact every day mm. and how you might bless them. Right. In a sacrificial way. And see if that won't come back. Absolutely. Huh? I, it really will. I, let me tell you this other story. So my dad, um, uh, he's always given to missions. I mean, just abundantly and so thankful well i our first house in florida mississippi we had some trees that were cut down and i think a storm had come through and so we needed some tree stump removal and all this good stuff well we contacted um brother stephen wheeler's boys they i've lost contact with them but they're still in the area and they had a tree removal service haven't been in touch with them for quite a while well they came over i contacted them and they get back there and they're removing those stumps and grinding them down. Well, when we get to the end of it, I say, guys, thank you so much. I want to say it was at least six or seven trees, you know, hmm. some some big, some small. I said, what do I owe you guys? And they said, you know, your dad always supported our dad in missions. Wow. So we just want to return the kindness. <sighs> it comes so back. It <laughs> comes back. <laughs> I Pressed mean, down, beautiful. shaking together. And running over. <laughs> what? So your giving is actually, you may not see the immediate benefit, no. but your kids oh. are going to see it. Oh, You're sowing not into the immediate, not only into the immediate, but you're sowing into the future. Okay, Pastor, let me speak to that. Please. Right. When Abraham gave a tenth after coming back 
from the battle of the kings, the recovery of Lot. He came across the king and high priest Melchizedek, and he paid tithe to Melchizedek. Right. And Paul wrote that in paying tithes to Melchizedek, the seed that was in Abraham for generations to come. Yes. Pay tithes to Melchizedek. That's beautiful. Right? That's right. So when you give, your children give. <laughs> what about blessing generations of your family that is by so creating true. a principle of giving? Beautiful. It really, guys, beautiful. I'm just somebody's telling Somebody's talking to us. Uh, yeah, somebody <laughs> is feeling something in the Holy Ghost. And let me just tell you this. Somebody's talking to the Lord right now. I am feeling, literally, oh, I'm, I'm praying, God, tell me, God, show me how to give. Show uh. me what to give. Above and beyond the 10%, above and beyond extra offering and 5% offering. God, literally move on me. Because I'm telling you, you cannot outgive God. And here's another principle God gave to me. Every dollar that comes to me may not be for me. That's right. It Ooh. may be meant to pass through me. That's right. So every dollar that comes through to me, I've got to ask God, God, do you, is this for me or should this dollar pass through me? Because it's it's traveling. That dollar is on a journey. Oh. I don't know what God has intended for it, but maybe I'm just a conduit. So I don't want to become the dead sea and suddenly every living thing that flows into me dies because I don't give out. No, that's so incredible. And so, well, Pastor, this is another point to be made, and now the Spirit of God is flowing. Yes, you sir. Know? But the Bible says that the disciples had fished all night and caught nothing. Now, these were professional fishermen. Right. They knew how to pattern fish. So I'm from southwest Louisiana. We pattern fish according to the season Absolutely. and according to the tide. Yeah. So at a certain time of the year, the shrimp are going to be moving through this mm-hmm. part, and the fish are going to stack up right here. So they, according to season, went fishing. Right. According to their understanding, went yes. fishing yes. and caught nothing. But here come the Lord and said, cast out on the other side, where they had never caught fish before. Exactly. Where nothing had ever been found. Yeah. And there was enough fish to nearly sink their boat. And they had to call over their friend. Yes. Right? So we're talking about finances, and here's what I want to say. You might say at this point, the season's not right. Hold on. Hold on. Because God's blessings, yes, they come in abundance, According to obedience. Uh, that's beautiful. So when that's you so hear beautiful. him say, cast out. Yes. You might go, you know, if, if, if six months from now, I'll, I'll be able to do it. But if he says it now, commit. Amen. Commit now. And Amen. let God prove his grace and mercy. Guys, let me tell you what I'm literally feeling right now is that as this is going on, yes, I'm part of the conversation. But I literally internally in my spirit, I'm asking God, okay, God. Hmm. What do you want me to do? I'm looking and asking and literally being as sensitive as possible and will continue for the next few days or weeks of God. I had that conversation with Brother Ralston. God, what do you want me to do? Are you setting me up, God, to if something flows into my life to realize, okay, this is not seed to be eaten. This is seed to be sown. So you may get a a check in in the mail. You may get a large raise. You may get some money that you were not expecting. 
I would encourage you before you consume that seed, ask God, is this for me to eat mm. or is this for me to sow? That's right. To see something greater on the back end of that. That's I'm right. just telling you, you cannot outgive God. Well, Pastor, we're not making this about anything in particular, but I do feel led in the spirit to tell your audiences as we were coming in, I felt in the spirit to commit to Apostolic Conference. Yes, you did. And I and I gave an amount. I said, This is yes, what we're sir. gonna give, right? So the spirit of giving has God. been upon us right here. Thank and you, God. If you don't have something to give to in in particular and you're praying right now, Apostolic Conference would be fantastic. That would be a great endeavor. We have fifty seven families that are registered to be with us August the eleventh through the thirteenth. This conference exists to pour value and virtue into the lives of church planners. So they'll be driving in from about 20 different states. And when they come in, we're going to host them with excellence and with love and pour just value into them that you are valuable to God's kingdom. Well, the cost to actually sponsor a family is about $1,500. People, when they ask me, you know, what does it take? And I tell them, you know, it's about 1500 I said, we've had people commit to 1500 to 500 in between, above, beyond, all sorts of different amounts of money. There's no pressure. But if God deals with you to help us with this conference, I would encourage you. I would just ask you humbly, please consider sowing into the lives of these precious families. And then come be with us yes. during that conference, and you'll get to see these people firsthand, and you'll get to know I'm making a difference in perhaps one of 20 different cities where God's word oh. is going to be preached and lives are going to be changed. It's so important. And in, in, in the compassionate component here, these are these are families. Yes, sir. So they have small children. You know, they, they're, they're, they've sacrificed and sacrificed, and they lived on that sacrificial yes, sir. Uh, narrative. But if we could just look at it and go, Man, this this could be a lifeline spiritually. Absolutely. Right? This gets them out of the rat race. It gives them a chance to breathe. Yes. It gives them a chance to be around other people that are pursuing the will of God. Right. In scenarios that are just like theirs, to rub shoulders, to make friends. It's an amazing conference. And we have actually had families testify. They said, we were coming to this conference. Our marriage was on the rocks. And we had literally said, when we get back, we're filing for divorce. And God... God worked a work of restoration. It's big. And they did not go home to a divorce. It's big. They went home to victory, it's to big. a renewed commitment to God, to each oh, other. God. So please consider if you can't, if you can't sow financially, that's okay. Pray for these families. Pray that God would bless those three days in August so that this church would become a conduit of eternal change in the lives of these families who represent. Thousands and millions of people. Cities. Cities. Cities of people name. that need God. I want to thank you, Pastor Ralston, for taking time to communicate your heart. I am overwhelmed oh. at all God's done today. It's been an incredible day. It's been a, a wonderful day. Our staff meeting this morning was punctuated by the powerful oh. presence of God. There's no way to tell you. Uh, how deeply God moved in our staff meeting this morning. And so uh, God is definitely at work. And I would encourage all of you, just put up your spiritual antennas and you will encounter him so quickly. It will shake. It, it'll, it'll just change your life. Amen. So thank you so much. I pray that you have a great weekend. Wherever you attend church, make sure you do so. Go with faith. 
Come with expectancy, believing God to do a great work. I honor you today in Jesus' name. God bless you. Hi, listeners. This is Scott, producer of the Parkway Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Parkway Podcast. Remember that we offer video versions of the podcast on our YouTube and Facebook Parkway Church channels, in addition to the audio versions on your favorite podcast provider, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Our Parkway Church Madison app also features the podcast and much more, such as sign-up opportunities for upcoming events and classes and connect group registrations. The app and our website, www.parkwaychurch.net, also offers service archives and the option to give to help support this ministry so that we can continue to bring you this message of hope each week. Thank you as always for listening and look forward to our next episode.